Everybody loves the touchdown. Throws to the back of the end zone, and it is touchdown by Holmes. The grand slam. Fly ball to center field. Ethier has done it again. It's a grand slam. The buzzer beater. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! But how did those players get to that moment? And who built the venue and signed the contracts? We dig into the business side of sports and give you the answers. This is Sports Business Radio, powered by Postano. Now, from our studios in Portland, Oregon, with Sports Business Radio, here's your host, Brian Berger. Well, thanks for checking out the only show in the country dedicated to covering the business side of sports on a global scale. Thanks for joining us. We're happy to be powered by our friends at Pistano. Follow them online at Pistano.com or on Twitter at Pistano. Big show coming up for you, a Super Bowl edition of Sports Business Radio. We've got Brian Gordon, the CEO of The Engine Shop. Brian joins us every year to preview the hottest Super Bowl parties. Who's going to be performing? How do you get in? How much would it cost you to go to one of these parties? How much are the performers getting paid? All kinds of great information around Super Bowl parties from Brian Gordon, the CEO of the Engine Shop. They put on ESPN's big party. It'll be taking place in Scottsdale, Arizona. We'll talk to Brian Gordon on this week's show. Also, Jay Perry, the CEO of the Arizona Super Bowl Host Committee. A lot of people may not realize that host cities start planning for Super Bowls two to three years in advance. Jay Perry is someone I've gotten to know. I've actually done some consulting for Jay and her group. I was with them in New York at last year's Super Bowl. I'll be down in Arizona again with Jay and her group, helping the Arizona Super Bowl host committee with some of their media relations and PR efforts. So we'll catch up with Jay Perry. What's the economic impact that Arizona can expect from the Super Bowl? What are some of the other unique things that they'll have going on in Arizona around this Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Seahawks? We'll catch up with Jay Perry on our show today. I'm joined by our executive producer, Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? Doing wonderful today. Uh, I can't believe that we're almost done with football. It's crazy how fast the season went this year for me. You know, you talk about big numbers. Uh, just around 42 million people tuned in to watch the AFC championship game and the NFC championship game. The NFC championship game had a slightly larger audience between the Packers and Seahawks. But Griggs, in overtime, when that game was at its height and everyone was watching the game, 60 million people we're tuning in to watch that game. So huge TV numbers, and what a victory by the Seahawks. It looked like they were done with five minutes to go, and they somehow came back and won that game. Pretty amazing. Well, that's the thing that's so fun about football is it literally is a full 60-minute game, or in this case, even extra, because it's it was the tale of two halves. I mean, Green Bay had the first half, Seattle had the second half, and and that's what ended up winning the game was the second half. But, I mean, what a I mean, what an up-and-down wave of uh, emotions in that game. Crazy. So the interesting news as we go into the Super Bowl, you have two weeks in between the Super Bowl. So you've got the Pro Bowl coming up, and I'll be there on Sunday in Arizona. And usually that first week is kind of like, oh, you know, who's getting in trouble? People are looking for stories. And then the next week, the week before the game, people are really talking to the participants, and you've got media day. Well, this week the story, and it's a big one, is Deflategate, as they're calling it, uh, reports that the Patriots – who have 12 footballs. The Colts have their 12 footballs. For people who don't know NFL games, you bring your own 12 footballs to the game. And then they are checked out by officials before the game. They're also checked out at halftime, and they have to have a certain amount of air in the ball. Well, reportedly, 11 of New England's 12 footballs were deflated, didn't meet proper standards at halftime of the Colts game. I guess a Colts player picked off Tom Brady and took the ball to the sideline, and they were kind of like, wait a minute here. This ball doesn't seem to be uh, a normal ball. Like, it's not up to air standards. So that's kind of the first, uh, you know, way that Indianapolis supposedly found out that these balls may have been deflated. But, you know, the thing is, Griggs, this is something, this organization has had Spygate. There's been deception uh, around some of the plays that they've run. And now you have something like this. It's going to be interesting to see what the NFL does here. Do they take away a first-round pick? Do they find the organization? Do they find Bill Belichick? Some people have suggested, hey, Bill Belichick shouldn't coach in the Super Bowl. Other people have said, hey, 
he should be like Sean Payton and he should sit out for the entire next year because this isn't the first time there's been deception with the Patriots. It's going to be pretty interesting to see what the NFL, who, by the way, Griggs, as we well know, have had their share of controversies this year. What do they do around this? Yeah, it is interesting. Like you said, controversies kind of followed Belichick and the Patriots, and he came out this morning saying, of course, he knew nothing about it and will cooperate with the NFL and all this blah, 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 which he does every time. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And like you said, I mean, controversies followed these guys with the, the cheating stuff especially, the little things here, the you know, Spygate videotaping the defense and, and this with the balls. Very interesting, and I'll be uh, interested to see if it's something that happens after the Super Bowl or if it's something that they uh, you know, take, take care of now. Well, it's unfortunate because you've got the Patriots who've had such a spectacular season. Uh, you know, they have gone to more Super Bowls than anyone else in the last 20 years. Tom Brady and Belichick tried to add to their legacy, but this storyline is going to dominate. And even if the Patriots win, there's always going to be that asterisk of question. Oh, you know, I wonder how many other deceitful things they were doing on their way to winning the Super Bowl. You know, that's going to be one of the storylines. It's unfortunate for them. I think they've had a, a really good year. You know, I. it'll be interesting to see here. The easy thing, Griggs, right, is to throw, like, the equipment person under the bus. You know, yeah. if I'm Bill Belichick, you go, well, look, I'm coaching the game. I've got better things to worry about than how much air the balls have in them. I had no idea this was going on. I never handled a ball. The equipment manager's got to go, right? So you fire the equipment manager. The other people here who could be thrown under the bus are the officials because the officials handle the ball on every play, right? They set the ball down. They mark the ball where it goes on the field. And someone could say, well, wait a minute. How did the officials not know just by feeling the ball that these balls didn't have the proper amount of air in them? So it's going to be interesting to see who takes the fall here. I will be uh, very surprised if it's, Bill Belichick, I mean, let's look at this, Griggs. The night before the AFC Championship game, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell was having dinner at the home of Patriots owner Robert Kraft. So, you know, we've seen Goodell and the NFL come down hard on the Patriots before with Spygate, but I just don't see them saying, okay, Bill Belichick not coaching in the Super Bowl or even Bill Belichick, you're going to sit out next season like Sean Payton of the Saints did because this is a repeat offense for you with deceit. I, I just don't know that it's going to be that harsh. And by the way, I will say this to underline it, and I've said this on Twitter. The Patriots could have played with just about anything. They could have played with a bowling ball. They could have played with a ping pong ball, and they still probably win that game. When you win 45-7, to I don't think deflated balls are the key to the victory. They had some rushing touchdowns where literally you're not throwing the ball. You're handing it off to LeGarrette Blunt, and he's running over people and going into the end zone. So, you know, I think, again, it's unfortunate because, you know, you'd like to say the Patriots had a great game and they had a great season and they're, you know, deserving of being the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. But unfortunately, that's not going to be the storyline. I agree with you, too. And I think uh, I think you're right. I think that game was a destruction derby from the beginning. So I, I think on that side of it, it's quite not quite as big of a deal. I think if it was a touchdown game or down to a field goal, I think they'd be looking at this even more intently because it could have made a difference. But that game was over in the first quarter. I mean, and, and I don't think it. I, I don't think the punishment's going to be as severe. I agree with you in that regard too. So a few other things on the Super Bowl. NBC has the game. Spots Griggs are going for four point five million dollars. So. Uh, you know, again, you've got to be an Anheuser Busch. You've got to be a big, big company to pony up four point five million dollars per spot. You know, I remember not so long ago we were like, "Oh my gosh, a million dollars for a thirty-second <laughs> spot? That's incredible!" Now it's four point five million dollars. So what's happening year after year is, you know, only companies with enormous budgets—not big budgets, but enormous budgets—can buy into this game because. You know, if you're an average size company, that's your entire marketing budget for the year. And oh, yeah. while a lot of people are going to see the game, over 125 million probably, um, you know, that's still a big chunk of change to hope that someone sees your 30 second spot. Now, I know the other thing that's changed in the last few years is people are leaking their spots and they're running them online and there's a whole, you know, digital campaign to Super Bowl ads that didn't exist several years ago. So, you know, if you're going to spend that much money to produce a spot, you're basically saying, okay, now I'm going to run this during the game, but I'm also going to hope that this goes viral online and that I get a few million views online for my spot as well. 
Well, yeah, and there's there's two other things too. It's like it's four million for the thirty second airtime, and that doesn't even count the you know the production budget, the hiring the talent, the voices, the music. I mean, they're they're spending probably ten, twelve, twenty million even on some of these commercials because it's just ridiculous. That's right. And if, then, like, if they brought you in, they'd be spending more than that. Well, yeah, I mean, my my, my <laughs> budget card is way higher than that. <laughs> I got to get with my agent on that first. That's right. Uh, and then, uh, and like you said, the second part I think is. They're not like, you know, 10 years ago, commercials 20 years ago, whatever. You got that one spot to air, and that's it. But now with, the, you know, YouTube and all the different uh, viral ways they can get out there, these spots can be seen millions of times after they've been shown at the Super Bowl, and that's going to help these businesses make some of their money back. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, people are pushing them out on their social media platforms, and, yep. you know, it's just interesting. You see crowdsourcing. So, like, you know, Doritos for years is – uh, ask people to create spots, and if you create the best spot, then you get to be in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I've already gotten press releases from companies who uh, have announced their campaigns around the Super Bowl. You know, another thing I think that we've seen in recent years is we've seen more movie trailers, right? So, like, hey, yep. you know, Marvel is putting out a new movie, and here it is, or Star Wars has, you know, a new movie trailer, and here it is. So, like, the mega movie box office smashes they seem to run ads during the super bowl as well so uh that will be interesting it's going to be an interesting experience for me personally i'm going to be at the super bowl and i will be uh, in arizona i'll be at the pro bowl as well so you know when you're at the game and you're not watching the commercials and you're you know involved more in the game and in the mix uh it's just a different experience than being at home posting up saying all right i'm going to sit here and really pay close attention to the commercials uh, so I'm looking forward to being at the game. Who do you like, Patriots or Seahawks? Well, and my Seahawk friends will hate me for this, but I'm a Seahawk fan through and through, but I, I think the Patriots have it this year. I think they're just more consistent. Seattle, I mean, they looked terrible in that first half last week. So I, I think Patriots will win it by, I don't know, maybe 10 points, something like that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how much deflate gate deflates the Patriots yeah. between now and then because <laughs> you know that Belichick, who doesn't answer a lot of questions anyways, but Brady and everyone at Media Day, they're going to be asked about Deflategate. So, you know, how much focus do they lose? Do they look at this as it's us against the world? Um, you know, let's not forget they've lost their last three Super Bowls. But with that being said, I agree with you. I think the Patriots win this game. I think Brady knows this is probably his last best shot to win a Super Bowl. This may be his last appearance in a Super Bowl. And, you know, he wants to get another ring. So I also think that with Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas being banged up in the secondary of the Seahawks and Gronk just being is I mean, he's playing yeah. probably the best ball of his career right now. Definitely. Trying to uh, contain him when you're banged up and you have a hyperextended elbow like Richard Sherman or you've got a separated shoulder like Earl Thomas. And I know you've got Cam Chancellor and others back there. The other thing is, is – you know, how is Russell Wilson going to play in this game? You could argue he played the worst game of his career against the Packers, except for the last, I'd say, eight minutes of that game in an overtime when he, you know, put that all out of his memory and he rose to the occasion and, you know, really got it done for them. But before that, he didn't play very well. It was very un-Russell Wilson-like. So, you know, what is New England going to do? You give Belichick a few weeks to prepare. That's the thing that I really love about this game is – the matchup of coaches, Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll, who are as intense and as competitive as any coaches you'll find, not just in the NFL, but in sports. And they're yep. innovators. You know, you see Pete Carroll. What kind of guts did it take to call that fake field goal where they throw it for a touchdown? Um, I mean, just amazing. They're down 16 nothing. You could argue if they just put three on the board there, you know, they really have no chance. But by going for it there, that was a make-or-break play in their season. And you've got coaches like Belichick and Carroll who aren't afraid to call those plays, who aren't afraid to you know, push the envelope with different formations and things like that. Um, so I love this matchup of coaches. And you know, Russell Wilson is very competitive, but I think Tom Brady's the most competitive player in the NFL. Um, you know, if you go back to that loss against Kansas City earlier in the year when Belichick brought in his backup and they sat down Tom Brady for the second half against Kansas City when they were getting crushed, ever since then it's like this fire has been lit under Brady to, you know, get to this place and get this opportunity one more time. And I just think he's on a mission, and I'm not going to bet against him in this game. So I, too, will take the 
Patriots. We will see. All right, coming up next, Brian Gordon, the CEO of the Engine Shop. They put on many Super Bowl parties. They're going to do ESPN's party, but he's been doing this for almost two decades. What are the best Super Bowl parties to go to? Who's throwing the parties? Who's performing? How can you get in? How much does it cost you to get in? All of that information and more coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Stay in the know at sportsbusinessradio.com. Podcasts, blogs, and more powered by Postano. SBR will be right back. She wants to dance like Hi, it's Brian Berger. Here at Sports Business Radio, we are proud to work with our partners, Pastano. They make a sports-proven visual marketing platform that I've personally been amazed to see. Teams like the Dallas Cowboys, Boston Red Sox, LA Kings, and Cleveland Cavaliers all use Pastano to engage their fans. When sports teams and fans tell their stories together, amazing things can happen. Every fan has a story. Whether you want to put selfies on the Jumbotron, create a dynamic social media command center, or activate a hashtag campaign on your website, Pastano can design an amazing social experience true to your brand. Even better, using the Pastano platform can pay for itself through selling sponsorships. As an example, the Kings sell sponsor space to Toyota and other clients and run the ads using Pastano. Want to see what your team's social content could look like? Schedule a demo today. Go to pastano.com slash sports. If you're a fan of this podcast, you understand the real power of engaging your fans. And these guys get it. That is P-O-S-T-A-N-O dot com. The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. My guest is Brian Gordon. He is the CEO of The Engine Shop. You can find them on Twitter at Engine Shop. Brian has been on with us before. Great at giving us a preview of all the parties around the Super Bowl. Brian, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. So why don't we start? Why don't you give our audience a quick overview of what you guys at The Engine Shop do? Uh, we are the ones that come in and produce the big events, the big parties, the red carpet events. Um, and I think this will be my 15th Super Bowl. So it's kind of my own little anniversary. And over the years, I've been involved in a lot of the big events from the Maxim Super Bowl party to ESPN's event to DirecTV to even a brand new one that we're starting this year. So uh, when you look to see what everybody is talking about after Super Bowl that's off the field, usually we've had a part in some of that. Yeah, talk about specifically the parties that you're going to be producing. I know you're doing ESPN, the party. Uh, you just mentioned you'll have a new one this year. What are you guys going to be doing in Arizona? Uh, we're doing two big ones this year. We've been involved in ESPN since its inception uh, back in Jacksonville, which was a very challenging Super Bowl to launch anything at. Uh, <laughs> and this year we're doing a new event. You know, Super Bowl parties – usually are known to be the big thousand person, you know, up to 3,000, 5,000 person events. And one of the things that's missing was kind of the really cool, intimate uh, industry party that, that celebs and athletes really want to go to as opposed to feel like they've got to stop by. And so uh, we're working with our clients, uh, Billboard and The Hollywood Reporter, a music magazine and a entertainment publication, really industry insiders, to create that kind of can't buy me access, really cool, much smaller event this year. So we're really looking forward to doing something a little bit different and something a little bit more intimate. So 15 years, you said you've been doing the Super Bowl. You've seen a lot of changes because there was a, a while there, you know, I'd say 2008, 2009, when the economy started tanking and we saw people kind of take their foot off the gas with what they did at the Super Bowl have you? Would you say that things have returned to pre-2008 uh, times and people are now spending money again, putting on elaborate parties at the Super Bowl as they were, let's say, 15 years ago? Well, I think there's two answers to that. The first is the old adage, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And when you look at the rundown of events that are happening this year, uh, you've got EA, you've got ESPN, you've got Maxim, you've got... Uh, Rolling Stone, you've got Playboy, you know, it's a lot of the events that have been around for, you know, a decade or longer. Um, and in some cases, they may have taken a year or two years off during the, the times that you were talking about. But I think what's most interesting is when it comes to Super Bowl, 
it's really these these events that have become brands unto themselves that are back and that have endured and that corporations sort of trust that if they put their dollars behind, they're going to get a known quantity with. So I think that's a really interesting uh, thing that's happening this year. Um, you've got to throw last year in New York out a little bit because it was New York and, you know, so many people, uh, so many brands wanted to do things. Um, but really looking at the trend moving forward, I think you've got increased competition from all over the place around this time frame for brands. And without brands investing, you don't have parties. And so whether it's the emergence of CES or South by Southwest, uh, the, the crowded entertainment window of Oscars and, and Grammys, uh, NBA All-Star this year being in New York, I think over the course of 60 days or 90 days, there's a lot of decisions that brands have to make in terms of where they're going to put those sort of sports and entertainment dollars. And I think that's put a lot of pressure on on Super Bowl events. Joined by Brian Gordon. He's the CEO of The Engine Shop. They're going to be putting on several parties at the Super Bowl. Brian joins us every year here on Sports Business Radio to give us an overview of the party landscape at the Super Bowl. So this is the question I ask you every year. I get asked this by many, many people. If you want to get into these parties, can you do it if you're the person off the street? Or do you have to be a celebrity of some type to have access to these parties? You know, I think that's also something that has changed and why why almost all of these events are uh, invite only. Uh, there seems to have been a lot more accessibility, whether it's on the secondary market or, you know, if you know the right person than there was previously. So I think there always is a hope if you happen to be in town or if you're local in the market that you can find yourself a ticket. Uh, just like going to the game or anything else, um, usually it comes with a pretty steep price. And so if you're prepared to pay to rub elbows with people, then I think now more than any other time, usually you can figure out a way to get yourself into an event. What would be the high-end party that you'd be paying for? Are we talking you know, thousands of dollars, hundreds of dollars? Give our audience an idea. Yeah, I, you know, it, it typically has been on par in some cases, even with uh, upper-level Super Bowl tickets. Um, you know, party tickets can can range from anywhere in the in the five hundred dollar range to you know even fifteen hundred dollars just to get into a party. So we're not talking about chump uh, change or deciding whether to go to a movie or or figure out a way to go to the ESPN event. You really got to be willing to to pay. So since you're going to be doing the ESPN event, can you give us any kind of details as far as you know who the headliners will be and you know what an event like that would look like? Because you just hear off the top, okay, ESPN party. I'm going to assume that there's going to be ESPN personalities at the party, but what else is going on? You know, ESPN is is one of the coolest events, and the biggest reason is because that's the event that you'll be walking around anywhere inside and you might be standing at the bar next to Calvin Johnson, or, you know, you accidentally bump into Mike Ditka walking around and, you know, it's never ceases to amaze me that uh, that's the party where if you truly want to rub elbows with um, athletes, especially, uh, and there's, you're not going to be bogged down with trying to peek inside a VIP section because the whole party is truly VIP um, that's the the best event to feel like you're really one of you know the athletes or one of the industry. Um, and in that sense, it's like no other event that happens. Um, that event also is known for its sort of spectacular production. They usually take a huge space. Um, they do an amazing job at uh, creating a a theme around the city. Uh, amazing staging, great acts, and so that one I'd say is always really known for for real high production value and. Amazing athletes that you have a chance to to literally talk to and hang out with. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I know it was New York, but I think Jay Z played a party last year. Who is like the mega headliner at one of these parties in Arizona that you know about? Well, performance wise, the one that everyone's talking about is Rihanna uh, for Directv on on Saturday night. Um, she's obviously a huge name. Uh, they for the first year in oh gosh, has to be seven years, are not doing the football game. They have typically done the Beach Bowl. And this year they're doing a series of concerts over a number of nights. And the closing out night is going to be Rihanna. So I think that's the performance that everybody is talking about right now. And I know you weren't in on the negotiations of this, but you know we have heard in the past, hey, the Super Bowl, the NFL – 
Pepsi wants the performers to perform for free. They think because, you know, you are getting such great exposure that you should perform for free. I'm assuming that Rihanna isn't playing DirecTV's party for free, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, I'm not in on any NFL negotiations, but I doubt Katy Perry is either. Yeah. But that's not for me to, for me to say. Um, you know, I think typically artists will look at what are their traditional fees versus something that's going to get garner a ton of exposure. But you also look at an artist like Rihanna and, and you have to ask yourself whether she really needs the exposure or not. So I think depending on the artist, there may be a trade-off, but you know, these artists are going out there, they're working, they're putting on a great show. And typically when artists do that, they're going to get paid. We're joined by Brian Gordon. He's the CEO of the engine shop. So Brian, again, 15 years you've been doing these Super Bowls. Something that didn't exist 15 years ago like it does now is social media. We see more and more of these parties wanting to secure what they call social media influencers, people who can post Instagram pictures and tweet out pictures and put things on Facebook, people who have big followings. Are you seeing that with parties like, hey, we've got to have social media influencers at our party? You know, I think less with Super Bowl than other events that we're involved with or even other uh, pop culture type events that we're involved with. Uh, and, uh, you know, a huge part of why brands are involved in Super Bowl events and why Super Bowl events exist are for hospitality. Um, there certainly is a marketing need from these events as well. But Super Bowl, more than most events that we're a part of, a, a lot of it is about creating an amazing environment for, you know, executives or VIPs or important people in business that need to be entertained. And I think that diminishes the importance of social media and social media influencers you know, that said, it obviously is a part of any event. Um, events nowadays, part of the reason they exist is to broadcast, you know, things that happen to a much bigger audience. And I think that's why events have, have really exploded over the course of the past couple of years. So I think it's important, but at Super Bowl, I think it actually plays less of a role um, than in other events. You know, the last point is athletes unto themselves are huge social media stars. Right. Um, you know, more than a lot of the, the entertainers. They like being out there. They're not afraid to put themselves out there, whether that's a smart thing or not a smart thing. And so kind of by definition, you've got this entire, uh, you know, city that's crawling with people that love to put themselves out there on, on Twitter or Instagram or, or whatever it is. And so you've kind of got that built in. So let's talk about venues. Uh, Arizona, much more spread out than New York, obviously not nearly as glamorous as New York. When you're Picking a venue for a party in a place like Arizona, what are the things that are most important? Uh, well, I think, you know, in Arizona, and this is the second Super Bowl we've done there, you, you typically Scottsdale is the preferred area for mm -hmm. a lot of these parties. Now, the NFL is, is, has put a, a stake in the ground in Phoenix, but most of the events that are happening that are non-NFL events that are considered the cooler parties are happening in the Scottsdale area. Uh, you've got a couple of events that are happening sort of outside of, of any area that are really destination events. Um, but I think, you know, when you're looking at Super Bowl traffic and especially in Phoenix, when you've got, you know, a huge golf tournament going on as well, you do want to make things um, fairly convenient. Uh, you don't want to have people uh, not want to go or feel like it's too much trouble to be able to go to an event or get stuck in traffic. Um, and so I think location is very important. Um, and then you also have to find a space that meets your needs from a size standpoint, which in a lot of these cities is very, very difficult. You know, a lot of towns just don't have spaces that can hold, you know, a thousand people, 3000 people, 5000 people. Um, and so that's a big consideration as well is just figuring out if something can hold uh, the number of people, people that you want. Yeah, it's going to be crazy down there. I'm from Phoenix originally, so I'm pretty familiar with the landscape down there and you know, having the Waste Management Phoenix Open going on at the same time and having Tiger Woods announce that that's going to be his first tournament of the yeah. year. I mean, they already get more attendees to their event than any other event on the PGA Tour. I, I've got to think Scottsdale, and that's where I'm going to be staying, it's going to be a zoo. It is, and it's crazy. And, and it's not like any other golf tournament. You're obviously familiar with it. I mean, this is a party golf tournament, a younger tournament. And, um, you know, you take Super Bowl and, and you take that tournament and it turns a little bit into like uh, Super Bowl in New Orleans during, during Mardi Gras. Right. That's a good way to describe well. it. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and it is crazy. But I think that adds to the overall uniqueness of, of the Super Bowl experience in that town, and I think it makes it a lot more fun. And there's nothing better to me than a Super Bowl where you've just got a ton of energy and a ton of people that want to be involved and are interested in what's going on in the town. That, to me, is, is a great thing, even if it comes with a little extra uh, you know, police presence out on the street to make sure everybody's safe. Last question for you next year. Super Bowl 50, if you can believe it, is in the Bay Area, Levi Stadium. Uh, that's going to be a whole nother animal in and of itself. The stadium is, is kind of far removed from where, you know, the city is. Uh, I'm sure you're going to be involved with that effort, but looking ahead, do you already know, hey, we're doing the ESPN party next year? Like, are you, like, I, I talked to Jay Perry, who organizes the Super Bowl for the Arizona Super Bowl committee, and they started planning for this Super Bowl three years ago. How far out are you planning for your next Super Bowl parties? We're usually about 364 days. And so typically when one ends, we really start thinking about the next one. Uh, you know, New York was a little bit further out than that. Uh, we've had preliminary talks on certain things in San Francisco. We've had meetings with the host committee, you know, as, as long ago as six months. So it's definitely on our radar. It's more information gathering at this stage than it is sort of proactive planning. But, you know, we're a good 18 months out in, in thinking about it and really inside of 12 months for planning. But Next year, I grew up in the, just outside the Bay Area. I'm a huge 49er fan, so I'm absolutely convinced that the Niners are going to regroup after this year. They're going to be in a Super Bowl in their hometown. I'll bring my family out, and we're going to see a, a Niner victory for the 50th in San Francisco. That's my prediction. You could print that. You could you could put it on the air. Niners in, uh, in 2016. All right. When I have you on this show next year at this time, I'm going to run that audio back, and I'm either going to say you're a prophet or you really missed. I'm putting a lot on a defensive line coach, a former defensive <laughs> line coach. I'm willing to do it. Uh, spoken like a true 49er fan. Brian Gordon, CEO of The Engine Shop. You can find them on Twitter at Engine Shop. Brian, are you on Twitter? Can people follow you personally? Uh, no, just through the uh, company's Twitter. Okay, at Engine Shop. And uh, you can find them online at EngineShopAgency.com. I always enjoy our conversations. Hopefully we can meet in person in Arizona. And thanks for joining us. Me too. Let's do that. All right, you're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Stay in touch with SBR on Twitter. Twitter.com slash SB Radio. Powered by Postano. I want to tell you about the Pixie Project. The Pixie Project matches pets to the right people. The Pixie Project takes pride in finding matches for both people and animals. The Pixie Project also offers low-cost veterinary assistance. My family worked with the Pixie Project to adopt our lovable puppy, Scotty. He's a great addition to our family. So if you get a dog or cat, kitten or puppy, you should go to the Pixie Project. To learn more about the Pixie Project, visit them at www.pixieproject.org. The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. My guest is Jay Perry. She is the CEO of the Arizona Super Bowl Host Committee. You can find her on Twitter at Jay Perry. That's P-A-R-R-Y. You can follow the Arizona Super Bowl and the host committee's tweets at AZ Super Bowl. Jay, how are you? We are fantastic and ready to get this party started. Yeah, great matchup. Patriots and Seahawks, uh, some very familiar names and you know, two entities that travel well. Their fans like to travel to big games like this, so I would expect a big crowd in Arizona, right? We do anticipate uh, a big crowd coming because of how loyal their fans are. And we're just looking forward to all that energy and excitement for Super Bowl to come down to Arizona and see this really is the place to be uh, late January. Well, we were in New York last year, and it was a great effort, but it will be so nice that the weather will be much, much warmer in Arizona than it was in New York, right? Well, it will be. We are um, this week, so just a couple of weeks uh, before the game, we're expecting in the 70s. So we think uh, based on 
what I saw on the TV from the two um, NFC and AFC championship games, they'll be glad to come on out and dry out here in Arizona. Absolutely. So many people don't know that there's a host committee for the Super Bowl. They assume the NFL handles everything. Can you tell us a little bit about the role of the Super Bowl host committee, how long you've been working on this game, how your committee is structured and such? Sure. Well, each host community uh, puts together a host committee, and that group works for two to three years leading up to the game and really acts as the local catalyst and hub of activity for all the local stakeholders to bring everyone together and then is the key partner with the NFL. So it's it's a convening role that really comes together to figure out how do we maximize this experience for all the visitors that are coming to Arizona. And a lot of the NFL people, they come in a few weeks before the game. But again, you and your team are the ones really making everything happen. As you said, two to three years out. That's amazing. It really is. And we uh, have such a talented staff of operations people, events people, uh, volunteers and hospitality, um, sponsorship, media, community relations. So it's really um, a robust staff that is the arms and legs of the NFL here in the local host community. And it takes that much time to pull all the local stakeholders together, um, even in a market like Arizona, where this will be our third time to host Super Bowl. So what makes Arizona such a great host for the Super Bowl besides the weather? You guys have hosted a number of big events, including next year's college football championship. And you said uh, third Super Bowl for Arizona. What makes Arizona a great place to host the Super Bowl? The market is really set up as an ideal destination for tourism uh, and really pride ourselves on having beautiful hotels, spas, lots of outdoor activities, more than 300 golf courses. Uh, so it really is a great destination for people to come and enjoy themselves. And Phoenix is the sixth largest city in the U.S. And so that also says we really have a lot going on from an urban standpoint, from a business standpoint. And so the combination of those two things really does make it an ideal destination for mega events. Yeah, as you know, I'm originally from Phoenix. So when I hear it's the sixth largest city in the United States now, I just smile because it was certainly not anywhere near that when I grew up there. So uh, talk a little bit about the business development in Phoenix. I know that's also something that's really grown in the last decade or two. Well, it really has. And it's funny to hear you say that because the great thing about it, even if it is the sixth largest city in the U.S., it still has um, that feeling of, you know people, there's a great network, everyone is really welcoming and warm. And so it's a place where you can make an impact and, and make a difference. Uh, but at the same time, again, you kind of have that big city status. And one of the things that Super Bowl allows us to do is really introduce people from around the U.S. as well as from around the world to what a great business climate and business community Arizona is. So we have a specific initiative around Super Bowl called our CEO Forum, where we invite CEOs from outside the market to come to Super Bowl, and then we use the weekend of Super Bowl to really introduce them to local business leaders, local elected officials. We have a new governor in Arizona that will be um, very um, involved in everything Super Bowl. So uh, it's just a great showcase for everything we have going on in the market. So approximately how many CEOs are coming in for the CEO forum and how did you get an invite for that? <laughs> right. You want to know, don't you, Brian? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm not a CEO like they are, but uh, I mean, that's a pretty good deal. That's right. It really is. So we worked uh, with our economic development stewards here in Arizona. So we have a statewide group called the Arizona Commerce Authority. And we identified 50 CEOs that were already talking to about moving to Arizona to expand their operations or even move their headquarters. And so we looked at these target business types that really seemed to fit our landscape. Uh, and we knew that we could customize uh, a program for them to bring them out to Arizona and make it be very appealing. My guest is Jay Perry. She is the CEO of the Arizona Super Bowl host committee getting ready for Super Bowl 49, the Patriots 
and the Seahawks coming up at Glendale at the University of Phoenix Stadium. So the question I'm sure you get asked all the time, how many people do you estimate will come visit Arizona over the course of the next few weeks, and what kind of economic impact are you looking at for the state of Arizona? Sure. Well, it is exciting because this year we have two marquee events. We actually lead off with Pro Bowl the Sunday before Super Bowl, and then we end the week with Super Bowl on February 1st. So we anticipate uh, over 100,000 visitors coming to the state to be a part of this. Um, it's really going to be an amazing event because it takes over the entire Valley of the Sun. And last uh, time we hosted in 2008, which was Super Bowl 42, we did an economic impact study because it is really important to us that we understand the business that we're bringing and the seeds that we're actually planting for future growth in Arizona. So that was estimated to be just over a half a billion dollars of economic impact that weekend of Super Bowl. So we believe that it will be greater than that. And then when you add Pro Bowl on top of it, kind of the cherry on top, um, we're excited to to put that study in place again and, and see specifically what the economic impact is. Have you had to do any additional infrastructure to prepare for the Super Bowl? A lot of times we see airports redone or transportation redone for efforts like this. Has anything needed to be done or was Phoenix pretty much ready for this? You know, that's a great question. We hosted very successfully in 2008, and what's happened since then is actually the community has invested over $4 billion in downtown Phoenix. And so while it was successful in 2008, we were still at that point putting light rail in place, so some public transportation. We were redoing the Phoenix Convention Center. Um, we've added restaurants, um, over 3,000 hotel rooms in downtown Phoenix. So actually, there's been a major investment since the last time the NFL was here. And we're excited to showcase all of that, um, you know, starting as soon as the visitors start arriving in Phoenix. A few years ago, starting in Indianapolis, the NFL started working with the host committees like yourself to do uh, a Super Bowl Central. We saw a Super Bowl Boulevard last year in New York in Times Square. You're going to be doing the Verizon Super Bowl Central how is that going to be unique, and what can people who are coming to Phoenix expect when they come to downtown Phoenix and see Super, Super Bowl Central? Well, we've created a campus, if you will, in downtown Phoenix, and it's 12 blocks. Uh, so we really are taking over downtown and, as you said, calling it Verizon Super Bowl Central, and it will definitely be the biggest thing that Arizona has ever seen. And we're fairly certain with all of the activities and entertainment uh, and kind of fan interactive components we're going to have that it will wow all of our visitors. So it's everything from free concert acts at night to uh, entertainment throughout the day, very family-friendly, very football-themed, uh, and it kicks off the Wednesday before Super Bowl. So we'll get that started on January 28th, and then it will run through Super Bowl Sunday. One of the things I thought was great was uh, last year when we were in New York, we – saw the toboggan in uh, New York's Super Bowl Boulevard. And this year, you guys are going to have a Grand Canyon rock wall. Describe that to our listeners. Well, we knew that in Arizona, one of the well seven natural wonders of the world is here. And we are very outdoorsy. There are so many months of the year that you can be outside and be active. We did want to, if you will, bring the Grand Canyon to downtown Phoenix. So we've created the Grand Canyon Experience presented by National Bank of Arizona, and it's over 30 feet high and 100 feet long and literally is um, a replica of the Grand Canyon. And we've created a climbing wall where we'll have 20 climbing positions from kid-friendly to expert and professional-level climbing. Uh, we've got a water feature uh, that's over 20 feet tall, and that's, again, kind of a, a sign or, I guess, a nod to the, Grand, the Colorado River flowing through the Grand Canyon. So it really will be one of a kind, and we think that we're going to blow people's socks off when they get a look at it and get to hopefully try it out. Now, last year I witnessed with my own eyes you going down the toboggan in New York. Are you going to be on the wall? Will we see you climbing the Grand Canyon rock wall? 
You will definitely see me climbing the wall. Um, I think it's one of those things that you just got to come and try. I think everybody wants to come and be a part of Super Bowl history, and we want to create some really special memories that are connected to Arizona and things that you just can't do anywhere else. And all of these things are going to be outside because that's something that we stand for. We are just adjacent to NFL Experience, which is a fantastic football theme park, if you will, and that'll be inside Phoenix Convention Center, and then these 12 blocks will be right next to it. So it will be the place to be. Just a few minutes left with Jay Perry, the CEO of the Arizona Super Bowl Host Committee. You can find her on Twitter, at Jay Perry. Jay, as we've discussed many times before, you've got a large Latino community there in Arizona. I know you're doing some special things to reach out to that community. Tell us about those. Well, we wanted to be um, the first host committee to really embrace the Hispanic market. And it makes so much sense for us because over 30% of the population in Arizona is Latino. And being right next to Mexico, we also wanted to demonstrate very good trade relations and really make sure that businesses and residents of Mexico felt comfortable coming to the Super Bowl because we're really right next door. And so we uh, launched uh, social media, our website, all in Spanish, and we are the first host community to ever do that. Uh, we will have a Latino-themed day on Verizon Super Bowl Central, so everything from entertainment to food and drink and concerts. Uh, and we have an entire Hispanic marketing program that's going out um, really to make sure that those residents of Arizona and around the region feel comfortable and, and want to join us in our Super Bowl celebration. No, it's great. And I think it's great that you guys are paying attention to that community because, as you said, they're, they're such a big part of the population there in Arizona. The other thing that you've done that I applaud you for is the number of community events that you've done in the last year to create a lasting legacy in Arizona. Tell us about some of the leave behinds and some of the things that years down the road people will say this was instituted during the Super Bowl. Sure. Well, we feel strongly that there is a lasting impact, if you will, after Super Bowl is here. And so we've done over 35 community events where we go out, um, usually with our volunteers, which are so excited and so happy to be a part of Super Bowl. Uh, and we have done uh, football clinics with kids. Uh, we overall are giving away over $2 million to Arizona nonprofits. And that's focused on education for kids, as well as youth health and wellness and fitness, which is really an important value of the NFL. So we've been out doing all sorts of programs. Um, we've given new tennis shoes and sports equipment to over 5,000 kids through Assist Arizona. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. We did a STEM program at the Arizona Science Center where we recognize STEM achievement uh, with students as well as, as teachers. Uh, so it's been it's been exciting to be a part of all of the community activities and something that our sponsors have really believed in and we're excited to be a part of, too. All right. Before I let you go, walk our listeners through your schedule the next week or so. What are the main things on your priority list leading up to everyone's arrival in Phoenix and then the game itself on February 1st? We have a great plan that we've been working on, as I mentioned, for over two years. So we are completely focused on execution and really making sure that every fan experience is the very best it can be. So we will have our volunteers out at the airport uh, starting this Thursday before the Pro Bowl attendees come in. And so you'll be greeted at Sky Harbor Airport, uh, and we'll have all those volunteers posted at hotels as well as um, key transportation hubs. So we just want to make sure that we put all the finishing touches in place so that when folks do come to Arizona and also for our Arizona residents, they are just wowed by being a part of Super Bowl and just really excited about it. Well, it's going to be an amazing time. Congratulations to you and your team on all the great work that you've done and best of luck with Super Bowl 49 in Arizona. Great. Thanks so much. We're excited and hope everybody will come down and take part in it. That's Jay Perry, the CEO of the Arizona Super Bowl Host Committee. You can find her on Twitter at Jay Perry. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Stay in the know at sportsbusinessradio.com. Podcasts, blogs, and more powered by Postano. SBR will be right back. You got that jeans. Sports 
Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is David Stern. He's the commissioner of the NBA. It is always a pleasure, Brian. Bill Hancock. He's the executive director of the Bull Championship Series. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. My guest is Mickey Loomis. He's the executive vice president and general manager of the world champion New Orleans Saints. Pleasure to be with you guys. Mr. Allen, thanks for joining me. Thank you. My guest is Mark Emmert. He's the president of the NCAA. Oh, happy to join you. My pleasure. My guest is Eric Spolstra. He's the head coach of the Miami Heat. Brian, appreciate it. Glad to, uh, glad to be on the show. Mr. Nicholas, it's an honor to have you on Sports Business Radio. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Brian. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our free iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio. This is Sports Business Radio. We are back to wrap up this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thank you to Brian Gordon, the CEO of The Engine Shop. Thank you to Jay Perry, the CEO of the Arizona Super Bowl Host Committee. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, and Doug Zanger. And thanks to our friends at Pistano for powering Sports Business Radio. Follow them online at Pistano.com or on Twitter at Pistano. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand anytime. Just go to iTunes. Type in Sports Business Radio. We're rated in the top 100 business news podcasts. You can also find our show via the TuneIn Radio and Stitcher apps. Follow me on Sports Business Radio. Our Twitter feed was named one of the top 100 sports business must-follows on Twitter for 2014. So follow us at SB Radio. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. Stay in touch with SBR on Twitter. Twitter.com slash SB Radio. Powered by Postano. You make me sing ooh, la la la. You make a girl go ooh, I'm in love. Hi, it's Brian Berger. Here at Sports Business Radio, we are proud to work with our partners, Pastano. They make a sports-proven visual marketing platform that I've personally been amazed to see. Teams like the Dallas Cowboys, Boston Red Sox, LA Kings, and Cleveland Cavaliers all use Pastano to engage their fans. When sports teams and fans tell their stories together, amazing things can happen. Every fan has a story. Whether you want to put selfies on the Jumbotron, create a dynamic social media command center, or activate a hashtag campaign on your website, Pistano can design an amazing social experience true to your brand. Even better, using the Pistano platform can pay for itself through selling sponsorships. As an example, the Kings sell sponsor space to Toyota and other clients and run the ads using Pistano. Want to see what your team's social content could look like? Schedule a demo today. Go to pistano.com slash sports. If you're a fan of this podcast, you understand the real power of engaging your fans. And these guys get it. That is P-O-S-T-A-N-O dot com.